Timothy chapter number 1. 2 Timothy chapter number 1. If you need a handout tonight, if anybody needs one, if you'd slip your hand up. Anybody need a copy? Carl needs one. Is the side room empty over there? All right. So, um, let's see. Oh, you got one there? All right. Oh, everyone's got one. Second Timothy. What a great book, Second Timothy is. I know I say that about every book that we go through, but there's something very special about Second Timothy. I mentioned last week it's one of the Pauline epistles, and it's one of the pastoral epistles, one of three. This one literally is the probably the last words we have of Paul before he was beheaded for the faith. People's final words, some are very memorable and some are not. If you remember on 9-11, the last recorded words on a cell phone by Todd Beamer before they stormed the cockpit were the two words, let's roll. Those are words that we remember. Um, Edgar Allan Poe is said to have uttered these final words, Lord, help my poor soul, before he passed away. Jesus on the cross had seven sayings that he said that we read in the scripture, it is finished. Uh, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? There's several that Jesus said. Final words mean something. Ruth Graham, she's the wife of Billy Graham, had these simple words put on her tombstone. End of construction. Thank you for your patience. Thought that was a great one there. Harriet Tubman, dying in 1913. Her family gathered around to sing to her. Her last words were, swing low, sweet chariot. Benjamin Franklin, at the age of 84, was on his deathbed. His daughter told him to change positions in bed so he could breathe more easily. And Benjamin Franklin's last words were, a dying man can do nothing easily. Those were his last words. We get to Paul's final words. And if you study the scriptures and you read through them, and just in the book of Romans and just the other Paul's epistles that we've gone through at different times, Paul is a great Christian. Far better than probably all of us put together sitting in this room tonight. He was a man used of God to pen 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament. Paul's the one that God used to give the gospel to the Gentiles. And because of Paul's life and ministry... You and I know the gospel tonight. It's through Paul's words given to him by God. We get here to 2 Timothy, and the last words of Paul are found here. If I were to sum up Paul's final words, they would be this, faithful until death. That's what Paul was. He was faithful until death. That should be the goal and desire of every Christian to stay faithful to God till we take our last breath. You know, if we really look at Paul's life, Paul didn't start out too good. In fact, Paul was doing, well, in all honesty, Paul was helping the Lord's work go forward by attacking the Lord's work. But he was not on the right side of things. So he didn't start very well, but I'll tell you something, Paul finished well. There are many Christians that I know just in my lifetime 
that maybe started well, maybe got most of the way there, but didn't quite finish well. The goal of every Christian should be to be faithful to the Lord till the very end. That's what we're going to look at tonight. Father in heaven, I pray bless the next few minutes that we have tonight. We love you. We need you. Thank you for loving us and thank you for being our God. And thank you for this passage. Help us take it tonight. Help us apply it to our lives. Help be a help to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We look at verse number one. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. And Paul... You can tell these are some of his last words because he talks about Timothy. Hey, Timothy, I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers with a pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Hey, Timothy, you're my dear son in the ministry. I pray for you night and day. We keep on reading. It says, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. Paul does long to see him. Paul says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, and I love this, which first dwelt, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois, and thy mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but a power and love and of a sound mind. And Paul kind of gets after Timothy a little bit here. He says, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. Now what exactly happened here? Was, Paul, was Timothy shying away on some things? And so Paul was, we see Paul was telling him some things. I love, let me give you a little hint. When you're going to help someone and encourage them along in the Lord, we see some things that Paul did that's a great example for all of us on how you do it. You don't just walk up or write someone's letter and say, hey, this is where you're messing up, you need to fix this. That's not going to get you very far. What does Paul start out? Timothy, you're my dear son. I love you so much, and I pray for you all the time. And I desire to be with you, I desire to be near you, but it's just not possible. But Timothy, I just think back to your grandma. I think back to the faith that your grandma had. And not only the faith that your grandma had, but the faith that your mom had. You know, something that I love here, do you see that there's no dad in the picture? You never hear anything about Timothy's dad. You know, you don't have to have both parents to make it. I suggest you do your best to keep it that way, to have both parents and make But you've got to understand something. You might just have you and God raising your children, and it's, it can be just fine. God's got it under control. But Paul says, I know the faith that was in your grandma. I know the faith that was in your mom. And I'm positive that that faith that's in that, that was in them is in you. Don't forget what I've taught you. God didn't give you the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. He says, now, Timothy... Don't be ashamed of the Lord, or don't be ashamed of me even. That's what we see here. You see how he commends him, shows his love, mentions how he prays for him. 
And then we see he gets down to business. It's a great way to deal with things. It might help you as you deal with things in your life. But let me give you a few introductory thoughts on the book, and then we'll dive deeper tonight. Number one is the pastoral epistle. This was not written to churches. This was written to individual. It was written to Timothy, just as 1 Timothy was. And next week, Lord willing, we'll be on Titus, and we'll see the book that he wrote to Titus. And so this is a pastoral epistle. Number two, he's writing to his son in the faith, Timothy, who is at the church in Ephesus. We talked about this last week. Timothy stayed at Ephesus, and he was the pastor at Ephesus. And he quite possibly could have been the pastor at Ephesus when Jesus spoke to the church at Ephesus in the book of Revelation. And we could talk more about that another time, but this is where it is. He spent, you think about this, Paul loved the church at Ephesus. You study the book of Acts, he spent about three years there, and he did not want to leave. He had to leave and keep going on. So he left Timothy there with the people there. And so when we think about this, he's writing these letters to help Timothy. Last week we looked at, hey, Timothy, I'm giving you this book to teach you how yourself as the pastor and how the people that God's given you at the church at Ephesus, how you're to behave yourself in the church of God. That's what 1 Timothy was all about. 2 Timothy, we see Paul writing Timothy. He gives him some things about not being ashamed. He tells him to be a soldier of Jesus Christ. He goes into great detail on things. And then Paul gives his final words in the book. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But I love, and as we think about this tonight, we mentioned a minute ago, his grandma and, and uh, mother. And parents, grandparents, remember, some of your greatest accomplishments you have in life may not be something you do, but it may be someone that you raise. The children that God gives to us, you have no clue what God could do with them. And we don't know much about Lois or Eunice, but we know a lot about their son. But the faith that Timothy had to do what God could do, it came from grandma and mom. Very powerful when you think about that. So we see it's a pastoral epistle. He's writing to his son, Timothy, and number three, he wrote this letter from a Roman prison. History tells us, tradition tells us, that he was beheaded shortly after he wrote this book. Not long after. And then number four, we think of the key verse. It's 2 Timothy chapter number 2 and verse number 3. The Bible tells us here, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I'll read that verse one more time. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Paul gives his last words to Timothy. And tonight I want to take those words. And how does Paul challenge Timothy to be faithful? What can we learn from what Paul said to Timothy? And how can we apply it to our lives? Number one tonight, be faithful to your calling. Be faithful to your calling. We go back to chapter number one. We look at verse number 6, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the effect, affliction 
of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. And go through these verses here, and one of the things that we see is just be faithful to your calling. Hey, Christian, tonight, God has called each of us to something. We're set apart. He's sanctified us. We belong to Him. Hey, Christian, be faithful to what God's called you to do. Hey, tonight, don't quit when things go wrong. There are many times, and it's going to happen in the Christian life, where things go wrong, where things go bad. Hey, don't give up. Don't quit. Don't be ashamed of Jesus Christ. There are going to be people that you're around that aren't going to like Christ. Don't be ashamed of him. And Paul reminded Timothy, hey, don't be ashamed of Jesus. Don't be ashamed of me. That's what Paul was reminding Timothy right here. Hey, church, we need to be faithful. Hardship and sacrifice are part of Christianity. God understands something. God didn't call us to an easy life. I think Christians think that that's how it should be. And it seems like we got a lot of distractions in the room tonight, and so let's do our best to focus for the next few minutes. I know the kids are in here on Wednesdays, and I love having the kids in here, but we got to focus. I didn't come and prepare a message so we could all just not be focused on what God has for us. So let's do our best tonight for a few minutes. We won't be that long, but we need to be faithful to what God's called us to do. And you teenagers sitting in the back row over there, make sure you're being good. Some of the older kids, some of the fourth and fifth graders are acting better make sure we're being good over there or i'm gonna make you come sit on the platform that would be a great spot keep you right i'm just giving you a hard time i'm giving you a hard time over there let's just make sure we're paying attention or you're probably using i'm you're probably just using your phone because you're reading the bible straight from your phone you're not playing games or or anything like that or being like my son listening to a show while the church going on but what do you do with a four-year-old? It's the best thing you can do. If the four-year-old's quiet, everyone else can focus. And so I'll preach to him at home tonight when he's trying to go to sleep. That, you know, that, he, he's been staying up late several nights. I tried that the other night. I started preaching to him. He didn't even go to sleep with that. Zane, that works great on Zane. He goes right to sleep. And some of you do a good job of falling asleep when I preach. But be faithful to your calling. 2 Timothy 3, verse number 11, the Bible tells us, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. We are very weak and soft Christians today. We live in America, and we just expect everything just to be so easy for us. You know, what if they were to take away our tax-exempt status? Oh my, I don't think they worried about that back in Jesus' day. What if they said you couldn't meet for church? I don't think they worried about that too much. Think about in China and different places where they can't even go to church, but they still meet and do it underground. All that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That's a fact. And as we read that and as we study this tonight, we've got to understand something. Be faithful and don't give up in this Christian fight. See, Paul shows us in this book, and we'll see at the end of it, how many people betrayed him. How no one was there with him except the Lord, and I think that helped out. But you've got to understand how circumstances went against Paul. How he was close to death, he was going to be martyred. 
But you, you reminded us that at times in the Christian life, there's going to be times of loneliness. There's going to be times of pain. There's going to be times of betrayal. There's going to be time of risk. There's going to be times of hurt. That's part of the Christian life. And I just want to remind you of something. When you're having the loneliness, when you have that pain, when you've got that betrayal, when you feel these different things, you've got to understand, those aren't signs of God not being there. That's what we do a lot of times. I was just talking with someone the other day, and they're like, I just don't feel like the Lord's there. All these bad things have happened. Well, do you know our feelings are not the way that we are supposed to run our life? Our feelings don't always tell us the right things. Do you remember in the Old Testament, remember Isaac? He heard the voice of Jacob, but he felt Esau. He knew what was right, but he led with his feelings. And the Christian life, you cannot run your life by your feelings. Is God there? It doesn't feel like it. He's there. Hey, remember the disciples were on the boat? Doesn't he? What's he going to? What are we going to do? He was, asleep. he was right there. He was right there with them. You've got to understand something tonight that when you go through hard times, they're not signs of Jesus being absent. These are things that God uses, things that he allows often to point us to his love, to his faithfulness, to us, and to help us in the long run. You see, oftentimes when we're down and it seems like nothing is going right, do you realize that God is behind the scenes working? He does not give up. He keeps working. You know, the book of Esther, not one time does it mention the name of God. But there's not a book in the Bible where God's fingerprint is everywhere behind the scenes making everything work out. And maybe you don't see God right now in everything in your life. But may I just remind you tonight that God is there. Hey, Timothy, Paul's saying, hey, don't be a fair-weather follower of Jesus Christ. Be faithful to what God's called you to do. Remember what the Bible says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, in what things? We go back. In what things? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine nakedness, peril, all these things. Go back to verse 37. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And Paul said, I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, nothing, no one, nothing can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hey, Timothy, be faithful to your calling. You might not understand everything that's going on. You might not have everything figured out, but may I just help you tonight. Hey, in your life, be faithful to what God's called you to do. God hasn't given up on you. God's not going to give up on you. Just move forward. Be faithful to your calling. Number two, be a faithful friend. Number two, be a faithful friend. Look at verse number 15 of chapter 1. This thou knowest, that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me, of whom are 
Those are fun names there. Philgus and Hermogenes, something like that. The Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. The Lord grant unto him that he may find mercy of the Lord in that day, and in how many things he ministered unto me at at Ephesus, thou knowest very well. Hey, Timothy, be faithful to your calling. Hey, church tonight, be faithful to the calling that God's given us. Number two, be a faithful friend. When a brother or sister, when Paul was in distress, we see in that verse there in verse number 16, Onesiphorus, he often refreshed me. That's a wonderful thing to hear. Be a faithful friend. When a brother or sister Christ is in distress or find themselves in a difficult situation, how do you treat them? Do you shove them to the side and not help? How would you want so? Well, they've gotten chance after chance. Aren't you glad that God gives you chance after chance? Aren't you glad that God doesn't give up on you? I'm glad he doesn't give up on me. Be a faithful friend. I'm glad that Paul could say there, they refreshed him. Number three, be faithful in your witness. Be faithful in your witness. Look at chapter number two and verse number one. Thou therefore, my son, he's speaking to Timothy still, Paul, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things which thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. If a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. Hey, be faithful in your witness. Paul's telling Timothy, hey, as I've invested in you, you see right there in verse number two, it says, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, hey, hey, Paul, Timothy, the things that I've taught you, Paul's telling him, take those things and invest them in others. Pass that along. We see that Paul uses the illustration of a soldier, an athlete. In verse number six, he talks about a farmer. All three in this passage. Hey, what's he saying? Hey, Timothy, don't give up. Don't stop the fight. Hey, keep fighting because victory's coming. Hey, keep putting in the work the right way because the reward is coming someday. Hey, keep planting. Keep sowing because the harvest is coming. If we will stay faithful, look at what it says in verse number 11 and 12. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we're willing to suffer with him, he will reward us. If we believe not, guess what? It does not change who he is. Paul to his son, hey Timothy, be faithful to your calling. Don't be ashamed. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Hey Timothy, be a faithful friend. When I was going through a tough time, these guys helped me. You help people. Hey, church, tonight when someone's going through it, you be a faithful friend. And then number three, be a faithful witness. 
as you've, someone shared the gospel with you, someone grounded you in the truth of God's word, take what they've given you and pass that on to someone else. Pass it on to your children. Pass it on to your friends. Number four, hey, Timothy, be faithful to the word of God. Be faithful to the word of God. We see some important verses here. We look at chapter number two, and we look down at verse number 15. Study, show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Every Christian needs to learn to study the word of God. You know, Abby was talking about earlier tonight her A-plus on her spelling test. You know why Abby got an A-plus on her spelling test? Because she studied. Let me just, I'll, students in the room, be it in college, be it in high school, be it in junior high, be it in elementary school, you want to do better on some of your tests and quizzes that you take? Study. I see it. I get to see all the grades for our Christian school. I hear that students say, oh, I'm fine, I'll just take it. And I see the grades that you might get. It pays to study. If we were to give you a pop quiz tonight, 20 questions from the Word of God for everyone, how would you do? Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth. Call a plumber out to your house because you have a leaky faucet. And the plumber comes in, licensed, certified, everything. Like, see it, but I don't know what to do. You're a plumber. You're licensed and you don't know how to fix a leaky faucet? God says, you're a Christian. And I've given you my book. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that need not to be ashamed. A lot of Christians that are very ashamed when they get to heaven and when God says, you didn't even know how to use my book. You know, there are several countries and places around the world today that don't even have a copy of the Word of God. And yet you don't take the time to study and get to know it. And study takes work. I'm not saying, like, we're doing our Bible reading right now, and I know some of you that, hey, some of you that are going through our Bible reading schedule right now, it's in the middle of Leviticus. This is the toughest part of the entire Old Testament. Hang in there and get through it. And just do it. And really, and one of the things that I do to help myself with this, if you, there, and maybe if, if you want it, you can text me. I'll send you some links. I find some helpful articles about finding Jesus in the book of Leviticus. And you can find Jesus all throughout the entire book of Leviticus. And so I make it kind of a game for myself a little bit where I just find Jesus wherever I can. And then I trace it and I just make it, I make it a little bit more exciting for myself. But you've got to study the Word of God. Not your five-minute Bible ring in the morning saying, oh, I did my Bible ring for the day. That's not studying. You know, Abby, what did you do for studying for your test? Did you say them over and over again? Did you write them out? What did you do? You wrote them out and you kept reading them takes work. Most Christians have never taken the time to study the Word of God. Sunday morning, you're going to see in my message, there's going to be a point that I get to where I actually give you a handout to help you study the Word of God. 
When I learned, and you'll, you won't believe this, you won't believe this, I went to Bible college, I've been a Christian my entire life, and seven years ago I was asked at a local Bible college here to teach a class on how to study the Bible. <sighs> okay, ready for some honesty? I really didn't know how to study the Bible seven years ago. I've been pastoring for three years, went to Bible college, been in church my whole life. Because honestly, churches don't teach you how to study the Bible. If we're going to be honest, a lot of times the pastor just says, this is what all this is, and just trust me, and no, you need to go study it for yourself. Seven years ago, when I had to teach a class and teach students how to study the Bible for themselves, it changed my life and taught me how to study the Word of God. You wonder, and I hear people a lot, Pastor, your sermons are so full of Scripture and getting better and better. The only difference is my study habits have changed. That's the difference. Be faithful to the Word. We read verse 15, look at verse 16. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Go to chapter number 3, verse number 13. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise into salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You want to be a mature, well-balanced Christian? Then you need a well-balanced diet of the Word of God in your life. Because the Word of God, it's profitable tonight. It's profitable for doctrine. It lets you know what's right. It's profitable, as it says here, for reproof. It lets you know when you're wrong. It's profitable for correction. It shows you how to, when you're wrong, how to get right. And then instruction in righteousness, it teaches you how to stay right. That's what the Word of God will do. Man, hey, Paul's telling Timothy, be faithful to the Word of God. That's the heartbeat of faithfulness. You want to be faithful in the Christian life? You better be in the Word of God. The secret to enduring to the end in the Christian life is the Word of God. Your relationship with Christ and His Word are paramount in you finishing the Christian life. Hold your place here. Ryan and I were talking earlier today, and he actually reminded me of something earlier today that fit perfectly nice. Go to Ephesians chapter 6. This is technically my fourth sermon of the day on Wednesday today. I did Little Kids Chapel this morning. You talk about interesting. Some of you should come to Little Kids Chapel on some Wednesday. My mother-in-law got to experience that today. We almost had the Maniac of Gadara going on in the room, and we won't even talk about that. We had quite the, quite the morning, and we had, they did Father Abraham. You should see them all singing Father Abraham and going crazy. I fell on the floor. I was dizzy. As a kid, I could do that a lot easier. I would love to see some of our old folks in here do Father Abraham. That would be quite the sight. We'll save that for a fun night to do. We're running out of time. I've got to keep going here. Then I did um, chapel for the, all the Brother McKee's class. Did the teens tonight, and I'm doing church now. But in the, for the for this Brother McKee's class, I'm going through 
the armor of God and the importance of it in the Christian life. God gives us armor, and the problem is most Christians just don't wear it. But there's armor that God gives us to defend the attacks, the shield. You got the belt, you got the breastplate of righteousness, you got your shoes covered, all these things. But how do we keep moving forward in the Christian life? Most of the weapons, most armor he gives us is all to defend Satan's attacks. He gives us two things to move forward. Look with me at verse number 17 and take the helmet of salvation and look at this, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. What helps us move forward? The Word of God in prayer. We need the Word of God. And something that's so important and... Um, when you look at this, when you look at that verse, verse number 17, it says, and take the, and it says the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Word of God helps us move forward. But do you know the Word of God mentioned there is different than all the other times it's used in the Greek? Normally it's logos, which means all of it. All the words. This is like um, a ream, like a ream of paper. It's a spe- specified section. So think about this. I love this. If you look at that and you put that together, as you move forward, you need to be able to discern the Word of God and have different verses that help you move forward. Not just the whole Bible, specific individual verses to move forward. That's why Paul was telling Timothy, you need to study to show yourself approved unto God. Because that's the only way you're going to get there, is by studying the Word of God. And most Christians don't. We need that. We need the Word of God. You might hear me often say, hey, we need to read our Bibles. We need to pray. You will not be like Paul and finish the Christian walk. The college I went to, the president of the college, the pastor of the church where I went, his son, well, he sits in jail today. I'm not going to tell you what he did and go into all those details. But his son, I've heard his son say clearly, Two to three years before his dad messed everything up, he quit reading his Bible and he quit praying. When's the last time you read your Bible? Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Hey, Timothy, be faithful to your calling. Hey, Timothy, be a faithful friend. Hey, Timothy, be faithful in your witness. Hey, Timothy, continue in the Word. Be faithful to the Word. Hey, don't just start it as a child. Keep in it. We read those verses at the end of chapter number 3. It says that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly first in all good works. What Paul says in chapter 4, and we're closing here in just a minute. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come 
when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry, and I love this here, for I am now ready to be offered. Paul says, I am ready to die. I'm ready to go. The time of my departure is at hand. Look at verse 7. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. I don't think there's any better words you could say on your deathbed. Hey, I fought a good fight. I finished, and do you see how he says I finished my course? Paul's course is not my course. And it's not your course. You have a course that God's given you that you need to finish. But with number five, we see Paul was a faithful example of all these things. Paul says it's been tough. It's been a hard road. But I fought a good fight. I finished the cor- my course and I kept the faith. Henceforth, look at verse number 8. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Wow, what a powerful passage. Hey, hey, Timothy, finish like I have. Hey, um, don't be like in verse number 10, don't be like Demas. Don't forsake this present world. It says he's forsaken me, having loved this present world, and he's departed. Um, you could look down at verse number 14. Hey, don't be like Alexander the coppersmith. Hey, when your life story's told, how are you going to be remembered? I want to be remembered as someone who finished had a good fight, I finished my course, and I kept the faith. Oh no, he was a grumpy old man. No, she was a gossip. They did all these things, they were fake, they were a hypocrite, they were selfish. Where I really saw Jesus in that person. That's what we need. Verse number 16, and we're finishing here, Paul says, At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, hey, Paul said, everyone forsook me. No one stood with me. Look at what he said in verse 17. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lions And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me until his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Hey, Timothy, when no one stands with you, the Lord stands with you. And the Lord's all that you need. Hey, Timothy, be faithful to your calling. Hey, be a faithful friend to God's people and God's servants. Hey, be a faithful witness. 
Be faithful to God's word. And be a faithful example. Be faithful unto death. May God give us scores of people that will be serving him till the day they die. Be that 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, or even 70 or 80 for some of the kids sitting in this room. May he find us faithful. That's what we need. Hey, Christian, you might have had some bumps along the way. Don't give up now. Stand up for the Lord. Stay in his word. Stay close to him in prayer and move forward. So that when your days are finished, you don't look back and say, man, I blew it. No, I want to be able to say, I did my best. I finished the course God gave me. And it might have been tough, but I kept the faith. And though sometimes it seemed like a lonely road, the Lord's been with me the entire time. What a book Second Timothy is. Man, the closeout of someone's life. And I'm thankful for an example of Paul that stayed faithful to God. You know, we talked about earlier, Paul didn't start out very well. We look at a man like Peter, denying the Lord three times. But he finished his course. He was crucified upside down on a cross. You're going to fall as you go through the Christian life. A just man falleth seven times, but he riseth up again. Don't give up. Don't quit. Endure hardness as a good soldier, Jesus Christ. There's something I talked to teenagers tonight earlier. There's something that you're entangled with that's stopping you from being what God wants you to be. You need to get out of that entanglement and move forward for God. One example this book is, I would encourage you, it would take you about 20 minutes to read the entire book. I would encourage you to read 2 Timothy. It would take 20 minutes. Do it. Great book, powerful book. Hey, Christian, love God's word. Fall in love with it. Study it. Get to know it better. I've been studying the Word of God a long time, and one thing I've realized, I really don't know very much about it. I'm never going to have it all figured out. But I'm going to try. Father, we love you. We thank you for the time that we've had tonight in your Word.